listening to The Currency Welcome. I'm Mike Gaston. I'm your host, and this is episode number 102 of The Currency Podcast. I'm recording this on Sunday, October 17, 2021. Glad to be here with you behind the microphone, as always. Uh, I've been on the road uh, this whole week, got in late Friday night, doing a little bit of client work out of state, kind of nice. And uh, did some did some lifting, did some heavy lifting, came home pretty tired and was able to spend the weekend uh, at the beach with Lydia. Lydia and I went out to the beach. We live in the Charleston area now, which is a real blessing. Shot over to the beach on Saturday for a couple hours, then went over to a restaurant nearby, sat out under an uh, umbrella in the out, out of doors, as they say, had a couple soda pops, some great seafood and uh, wild the afternoon away. It was very nice, very relaxing. I hope you guys are doing well. Look, it's tough out there right now, I got to admit. And just being able to spend a few hours on the weekend soaking up some vitamin D, hearing the waves roar and having my feet in the water and walking along the sand, having a couple of drinks with my best girl and just hanging out, really, really a blessing, very refreshing and exactly what the doctor ordered. Because folks, let's face it, we're in a fight. You live in this world right now, you can't ignore the fact that we're in a fight. We are in a fight for our future, for our way of life, and, and for what our individual lives will look like, what the lives of our loved ones will look like, our liberty, what our society will be uh, like in the next few years. I, we're really in this thing. And, and this isn't a temporary, you know, we, we got to stop with, with the lie. I mean, let's, let's stop kidding ourselves. This is not temporary. They told us from the beginning of the COVID uh, outbreak here in the U.S. that, you know, this is the new normal. We're never going back to the old normal. This is the new normal. Well, how did they know that almost two years ago? How is it that everybody's talking about the new normal? It seems to me they kind of knew whatever they imposed upon us because of the pandemic, that wasn't going to go away. These emergency authorizations for governors and the president and all these people that impose upon us um, unconstitutional, some of you might say extra constitutional uh, strictures, requirements, and so on. This isn't going away. This isn't a temporary thing. And so if you have the opportunity, I'm just saying, get a little bit of rest and relaxation. There's some heavy lifting to do, kiddos. This isn't going away easy. I think it can go away, but you know you got to make sure that you are refreshing yourself. If you're consuming social media all the time, if you're consuming videos and you're listening to podcasts like this one all the time, and you're not going out there and breathing some fresh air and seeing the sun in the sky and feeling its warmth on your face, hearing the wind in the trees or maybe the water gurgling in a brook or the ocean, the waves crashing on the beach, if you're not just getting out there and breathing a little bit, Even if you live in a city, getting into a park and just listening to some birds chirp, you you need that. If you're not doing that, you're killing yourself. You have to drink that stuff up. You have to eat it up while you can because you need it. You you and I are uh, made to be part of this creation. And one of the things I think that we lose sometimes is the fact that, you know, as, as humans, we are artificers. I don't know if I'm saying that right, artificers, artificers. But what I mean is we create artificial things, and that's a, that's a good trait that we have. But we construct a world around us that is artificial, meaning it is a world comprised of artifacts, things that are man-made, not natural things. 
We don't necessarily surround ourselves with the natural. We create artifacts that, that in some ways divorce us or at least protect us or create a barrier between us and the natural world. And that's a good thing on a certain level. I got to tell you, I love sleeping in a house at night and a, har- a house is an artifact. It's an artificial thing. A bunch of human beings took things like pipes and bricks and beams that were cut down and milled and nails and put those things together so that I can sleep at night, A, secure from, from ravaging, roaming animals. You know, I don't have to worry about bears and snakes and whatnot just happening upon me while I'm sleeping. Also protects me from those with ill intent, other human beings that, are, that have nefarious intent, intent and they're out there to, you know, take advantage of the weak and the vulnerable. I don't, you know, I've got that squared away. I've got some other artifacts that would help me uh, protect myself if, if someone were to, <laughs> were, to, were to break that barrier. But having a home is a wonderful thing that keeps me safe from the elements and the rain and the cold and the wind and so on. So I'm not saying that artificial artifacts are bad things. But as human beings, we are artificers, artificers and we create these, these artifices, these, these artifacts, that, that, and we surround ourselves by them. You're, you're, the fact that you're listening to me right now, the fact that I can sit on a Sunday evening in front of a microphone and record my voice and then push it out and thousands of people can listen to that. That, that, that's the artificial world. Yes, I'm a real human being. Yes, you're hearing a recording of my real voice and I am saying real things, but there's a level of abstraction. You're not sitting with me with a cup of coffee face to face. You're these, these, artifacts, your phone, your computer, your headphones, my microphone, and so on, are allowing this thing to happen. It's, it's an artificial world, a world you know, created by artifacts, human beings. That world is not intrinsically evil, but the problem is you and I are not artificial. We are natural organisms. We are animals, human beings created to be part of this organic natural material world that we are, uh, that we find ourselves in. So it's a good thing that mankind creates the artificial. It's what helps us have culture. I I honestly don't mind that when somebody uh, kills an animal for its meat, that somebody else says, well, we can make kind of a dish, a stew out of this. Like I can add spices, we can you know, cut up some vegetables, we can cook it at a certain temperature, we'll get the onions to caramelize, I'll make a gravy. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. That's, that's in a sense, that's, it's an element of, of creating artifacts. I mean, you know, I'm maybe stretching this a little bit, but this is how culture is made and this is good. But it's important for us not to live in a world that is artificial completely. We have to, to retain our humanity, stay connected. Now, this isn't just an admonition to make sure you get out and smell the roses. But where I'm going with this is to say we have to be connected to the truth. We have to be connected to the truth. Now, there's the truth with the capital T. And as a Christian, I will argue till I'm dead, I hope, uh, that that truth is Christ, that God embodies the truth and that we need to orient our lives around that reality, the reality of God. And that is kind of the conservative creed. You know, it, a lot of folks call themselves conservatives. I'm a conservative. They really just saying I'm a right wing Republican. I'm a right winger. True conservatism is founded on the concept. And this goes back to, uh, 
to Sir Edmund Burke in the 1700s, kind of the, the, the great grandfather of, of modern conservatism or just conservatism in general, that, 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 that believes that the universe is created and created by a sovereign, a king. And the fact that that sovereign sits sovereign, sits above or over his creation that he created in all power, that it behooves us, the created, to order our lives around that reality. A lot of people think conservatism is just right wing, like I'm, I'm for the government getting out of my pocket, I'm anti-taxes, I'm... You know, I'm all for liberty and all that kind of stuff. And that makes me a conservative. I voted for Trump. I'm a conservative. Or, or on the other side, people are like, you voted for Trump. You're such a disgusting conservative. The fact of the matter is Trump was no conservative. I mean, I think if anything, Trump was a populist. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't think he was a conservative. Uh, and I think anyone that understands these kind of political definitions would, would agree. I believe that, yeah, Trump more of a populist than anything else. But true conservatism is, is founded on this idea that, that, that there's a truth. And that truth is that there is a sovereign, a king that created this universe and sits over it in authority. And so we want to orient our lives, our, our cultures, our societies, our families, our institutions. We want to orient those around that reality. And so when I talk about you know, anchoring yourself to the truth, you know, getting out there and, and, and listening to the waves crash. There's an element of truth in nature. You can't, you can't, you know, we run around going, well, I was born uh, a man, but my pronouns are she, her, and my name now is, I was born Mike, but now I'm Matilda. And you have to address me as a woman. And if you tell me that I'm a man or that I'm not really a woman, well, you, first I'll probably beat you into a pulp. But second, I'll call the cops. You will be arrested. You will be brought up on charges. You'll be ostracized. You'll lose your job. I mean, like, well, I'll make sure you're ruined if you don't participate in my lie. But in nature, you can't get around reality. You can't, you know, nature doesn't say, well, you know, this animal was a fox, but it's decided, no, that it's, it's, it's a cardinal. And so it's in this nest trying to hatch eggs and and find a mate. I mean, it's like, you know, that's just absurdity, but somehow we're able to do this. Now we would go, well, we're, we're more enlightened or, you know, we're more evolved. And so we can do, you know, stupid things because we're more of, uh, evolved uh, and no, and no disrespect. I just had to throw this out there. No disrespect to uh, folks with higher education, but I got to tell you some of the, some of the stupidest things I've, I've ever heard or, 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 or craziest things that I've ever heard people believe or even argue for uh, typically are held or come from people with the highest level of education. You know, these people with the, it's almost like it takes a, it takes a PhD to be able to believe something that's unbelievable. That's just a little, that's just a little dig. Uh, that's just cheap shot, Mike. Come on. Uh, you're just jealous because you don't have a PhD. Yes, that's what it is. I'm jealous. But, but we live in a world that we manufacture for ourselves. And there's, and on a very basic level, there's nothing bad about that. Nothing bad about that. That's a good thing. We create homes. We, we create automobiles. We give ourselves tools so that we can do more and more work. We solve challenging problems with those tools. We make life better for each other through this manufactured world that we create for ourselves. But the danger is 
that that manufactured world becomes detached from reality. And this is where we are right now. We are at the detachment phase where it's being ripped apart. And there's a whole slew of people in this culture that are just embracing the manufactured reality, which is not true. We're being detached from this underlying truth where people are running around uh, and, and, it's, and it's highly destructive. It's one thing when you go, well, I'm more of a libertarian. You know, it's just like you do your thing. I'll do mine. You got your truth. I have mine. Just don't mess with me because I'll shoot you. Don't touch my money because the taxation is theft. You know, I'll kill you if you don't. <laughs> but I want to smoke my pot. I want to own my money and my guns. I just want to do my thing. Leave me alone. That's that kind of, you know, kind of crazy libertarian viewpoint. And the fact of the matter is that's fine, I guess, on an individual level. But once you start saying you do your thing and I'll do mine and people are starting to give children uh, hormone blockers because the mother is certain that little Bobby wants to be a girl and you don't you want to be a girl, Bobby? Yes, I want to be a girl. I like to play with dollies. You know, like what five-year-old is is strong enough in their own identity and their understanding of the world to, to even address their sexuality? What five-year-old is is even thinking of their sexuality besides looking and going, yeah, my my I have to make a tinkle with my pee-pee. I mean, it's like, you know, this is a five-year-old. We're hyper-sexualizing. <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> it's just such a weird thing to say on a podcast. But we are hyper-sexualizing innocent children that aren't asking to be sexualized. And, and I'm highly skeptical of this mother who's sure that little Bobby wants to be a girl. And so now she's going to take him to the doctor who's going to say, yeah, let's get him on some hormone blockers as soon as possible. And then, you know, you know, when he's a teenager, we'll do some surgery, we'll turn him into a girl. He'll be, he'll be so happy. It, it's, it's, it's insanity. So the libertarian view is fine on a certain level. You do your thing, I'll do mine. But the problem I have with that is it still allows everyone to decide what their truth is. If your truth is you want to live this way, great. My truth is I want to live that way, fine. Let's just leave each other alone. I, that, that only works when people are anchoring their lives in the truth. You kind of see that in the Old Testament in the book of Judges. It's like every man did what was right in his own eyes. There wasn't like this king over everybody. It was just like there were these judges in the, in the people of Israel. And, uh, but most people just did what they thought was right. And then a lot of horrible things happened because a lot of times people, what they think is right in their own eyes is not necessarily so right. And so the concern I have right now is we are detaching from truth. And, I, you know, and look, I would love for you to know God. I'd love for you to, to, to bend the knee to Christ and, and to be able to find truth in him to, to start there. But, but even if you're not ready for that, I, I think it behooves all of us just to step back for a minute and look at the, the, the amount, the level, the, and the, the depth of lies in this culture. Our society is based more and more and more and more on lies. To the point where we're so saturated in them, we're so uh, calloused by them. We're not, we're not even aware of where the truth ends and the lies begin. It, it's insanity. And, and from our government all the way down to, to, to people at work, they'll look you right in the face and tell you that something good is evil or something evil is really good. It, it might be raining outside. And they're going to tell you, no, it's sunny. They'll tell you that, no, that, that man right there with the bulging calves and, and the five o'clock stubble is actually a woman. And how dare you say otherwise? And, and those are on the kind of crazy levels. 
It happens on the mundane level too. I mean, we're just overwhelmed by lies. And I've never been one that's been against entertainment. I love a good story. In fact, I even in my consulting do a fair amount of work on on brand story, the power of narrative uh, to drive a brand and to help people connect with it. So I do work in story, but I mean, I've never been anti, you know, movies. I love movies, love a good novel, love a good story. But we're we're living in a constructed reality right now to such a degree, like our our entertainment, our social media, our even our information gathering, like YouTube videos and the news. It's all so slanted. It's it's all so agendized. It's all full of lies. I mean, people live in the gaming world. That, that's an artificial world. And is it intrinsically evil? No. But it's just like saying, is sugar evil? No, sugar is just a thing. They get it from the beetroot uh, or sugar cane. You can get it from different places. There's beet sugar, there's uh, cane sugar. It's not intrinsically evil, but my goodness, if all you ate was raw sugar all the time, you'd be hosed. I mean, you would be a hurting unit. I don't even know how long you could live. You'd, you'd lose all your teeth. Your kidneys would pack up and say, we're out. And uh, you'd probably f- be full of cancer if you lived long enough. I mean, you'd be so sick if that's all you ate. Is it intrinsically evil? No. A little bit of sugar in your diet going to kill you? No. It's actually rather pleasurable. And yet this manufactured world we live in, you could say, well, that's just a, that's just a story. It's no big deal. But, the, but, the, but we're living in such a warped reality. You can't, I mean, I've, I, people are asking me all the time, Mike, where do you get your news from? Uh, where do you get the news from? Because you can't find the truth anywhere. And I'm you know, trying to tell people, I don't, I don't listen to the news. I don't read the news. I don't watch the news. I, I'm not getting my news from any specific, I'm not sitting and going, well, I go to CNN because those guys, whoosh, they do a great job. That Don Lamone. <laughs> He's, he's, he's right on the money. Him and, uh, oh, my favorite whipping boy. What's his name there? That, that bald, grinning <laughs> jerk face. Brian, uh, I always say Steltzer or Stetzer. I don't know. Brian, whatever. That guy, ugh. You know, you, you pick, but Fox News is just as bad. I mean, Fox News, you know, they're, so they're feeding the right wing, you know, CNN and MSNBC and all those guys, the left wing. Where do you find the truth? I, I'm not finding it there. I don't, I don't spend time on the news. Yeah, I see the headlines. Yeah, I skim them. Yeah, I read some articles here and there. But like, I'm not like getting my information about the world around me from the quote unquote news outlets. It's not news. It, the, at best, they're pseudo events. And, and to be more honest, it's, it's brainwashing. It really is. And this is, this is the thing. When, when I say something to you, you hear me say uh, that the mainstream media is brainwashing you. You think I'm an extremist for saying that. You think that that I'm overreacting. You're thinking that, well, Mike, yeah, I know there's a little bit in there, but I know how to, I know how to spit out the bones. Like I'm, I'm pretty savvy. It's like, no, you're being brainwashed. I've watched family members be brainwashed because of the news they're watching. I'm oversimplifying. I'm sure there's more than that, but it's like, I've watched people change their positions and views over time and not even realize it. It happens to all of us. If we're not careful, we're not, you know, there isn't anybody in this society that's, that's, uh, you know, protected from it. It's just, just the nature of the beast. So 
I'm encouraging you to step back, regardless of your faith, regardless of your, you know, are you, you know, are you, do you believe in the transcendent? Do you believe in Christ as God's son? Do you, are you, know, are you an atheist, agnostic? Whatever you are, I'm encouraging you to step back. We are so saturated in lies. You've got to get yourself anchored to truth. What is the truth? And how can you anchor yourself to it? Well, one way to do that, you know, is like I said earlier, just get out and breathe some fresh air. But there's more to it than that. It's not just a matter of like, you got to return to nature. This isn't a primitivism argument here where you got to return to nature and eschew all scientism and the luxuries of the the material world. You got to be more aesthetic in your, um, aesthetic, not aesthetic, aesthetic in your lifestyle, more stoic, uh, you know, and, and I mean, those things are all fine for what they are. I'm not saying those don't help, but, but we've got to understand how much we're being lied to. I mean, I'm just looking and, and you're going to say, well, you're going to do this because you're a Republican, you're a right winger, but I have to look at the current administration. I mean, it's just lie after lie after lie. You look at what happened with Afghanistan. The, he, you know, Biden looked right at us and said, not going to be another Saigon rolling his eyes. Like you guys, you're a bunch of nervous Nellies. We got this under control. Holy smokes. That Afghan army is fantastic. They're great. Well, this was another Saigon. I don't know how else to say it. And the man has yet to get up and say, you know what? We, we, we dropped the ball on that one. They just keep looking at us and lying. They're lying to us about COVID. I know a lot of you don't agree with me, but you know the folks that don't agree with me are not the ones doing the research. They're not the ones going a little deeper. You're, you're the ones, the ones of you that don't agree with me are the people that are just sucking up whatever the media has to tell you. You're looking at every story and you're crapping your pants. You're looking at every headline and going, oh my God, it's, we're all going to die. We've all been almost going to die now for the last almost two years. You ran out and you got your injections. Now, one injection's not enough. You got to have two injections. Now, now you got to have three injections. Now they're saying like you might not be able to go anywhere without a, a, a vaccine passport. I mean, this is just insanity. You know, another example of lies. So I've got a couple of them off the top of my head. I, there's tons of them. Uh, so yeah, the Afghanistan thing, that was a lie. Now we're being told, well, we've got a, we've got a supply chain issue. Well, anybody in business, anybody that's trying to buy like a piece of furniture like Lydia and I are for the new house, you know there's a supply chain issue. You can't get, you can't get a couch for six months to a year. You can't get a bed for six months to, to a year, depending on what you're looking for. And that's because there, is, there are global supply chain problems. Like the supply chain is borked. It is borked. And I'm not, I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists that's saying, oh, the supply chain, the communists are doing this to bring us to our knees and Biden's doing this on purpose to destroy the country. Think about it. Do you think Biden wants there to be nothing on the shelves? Do you think that's good for a country that for the last 50 to 100 years, they've told us that we're consumers, 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 consumer confidence. They said, you know, just shut up and spend your money checks, get the economy going. Your job is to spend so that the economy's healthy and we're all doing good as a country. They've been telling us this for generations. You think they want to turn around and have nothing on the shelves for us to buy? You think that's going to make Biden popular? You think that's going to help the Democrat Party be in power in perpetuity? You know, unless unless you think for sure they've got the whole voting thing totally uh, locked down so they can cheat, cheat, cheat in, from now till forever. Uh, but I think they cheated, but I don't think they've got it that locked down. I don't think there's that much in the bag. They have to keep the consumer happy. If you can't go out and buy a cold six pack of beer and get a nice, you know, 60 inch television and get a great couch to sit on to watch your shows, then there's going to be riots in the streets. They know that they'll vote the bums out. 
Because the next group will come and say, don't worry, we'll get the trains running on time. And people will vote for that. So you know that you know that Biden wants crap on the shelves. This isn't a Biden plan to destroy the country. He's destroying the country through incompetence. That's a whole different story. But he got on television the other day and just said, well, you know, I called up Walmart. I called up, uh, I called up uh, Target. And I told these guys, I need you working 24 hours around the clock to, to get the supply chain thing. You know, you need to get stuff out of your warehouses and on the shelves. So he let the American people know, don't worry. He was on the phone with Walmart and Target giving them, giving them hell, you know, to get that stuff on the shelf. Well, the, 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 that's, a, that's a complete lie. It's, 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 it's either complete stupidity or it's a complete lie. And it's got to be a lie. Because it's not Walmart that doesn't want to sell stuff. You know that Walmart wants to sell stuff. They want stuff on their shelves. Walmart's not some like, you know, kumbaya company. It's like, well, the workers don't want to move things out of the warehouse. There's nothing we can do. You know, Walmart, they get stuff done. They, Walmart's all about the supply chain. They always have been. Target, Walmart, they want to sell things. If there isn't material, merchandise on their shelves, it's not because they don't want it there. It's because they can't get it. You know, the bigger issue, and it's a ripple effect. I mean, China is just messed up right now. We always think of China as this giant, invincible, you know, ever-growing powerhouse. But they're, they're screwed up right now. They can't get electricity to their factories they're concerned going into winter that if they don't power their homes and keep their people warm, that there might be rioting in the streets and they don't want that. This COVID shutdown has created huge ripple effects and the supply chain is, is relatively young and quite fragile and quite complex. And we've screwed it up. You, can't, you know, the, the economy is not like a light switch where you want the room dark, you turn the light switch off, oh, lights off, dark. Now you want it to be lit up, you hit that light switch and boom, it's back on, everything's bright and shiny. That's not how our economy works. That's not how a global economy works, that's for sure. They threw the light switch back on and it's taking a long time. It's going to be into late into 2022 until the supply chain gets sorted out, assuming there isn't some other thing that causes more trouble. But for Biden to get on the television and tell everybody, don't worry, I'm on the horn, I'm on the blower, uh, with with those guys over at Walmart, and I gave him hell, and don't you worry, come Christmas, little Johnny's going to get his, uh, little Hunter Biden's going to get his Christmas gifts. That's just a lie. They're looking at us and lying. The other thing, uh, the whole uh, shutdown, we had um, we had Southwest Airlines. You know, I was flying Southwest this week, but the, that weekend, not this weekend, the weekend before, you know, they, almost 2,000 flights got canceled. I mean, it just threw a monkey wrench and everything. In the media, and everybody comes out and says, it's the weather. They just look at you. It's the weather. Now, the fact of the matter is, for anybody that does half a minute of digging, it was the Southwest pilots. You know, this Southwest has decided that, no, it's going to enforce the vaccine mandate. And it's saying its pilots have to get, and air crew have to get vaccinated uh, by, I think it's like November 3rd, 2nd or 3rd. Don't quote me on that. But early November, or they're going to get terminated. And so the pilots are are calling in sick on Moss. They already, you know, they were already struggling not with enough, with, a, with not enough staff. I mean, I've sat, you know, in, in the Southwest, I fly Southwest quite often. I already sat in the lounge, you know, up, oh, don't worry, your flight's going. We're just looking, we're looking for a crew, you know, and then somebody shows up. Yay. We found somebody to fly your plane. It's almost like that's not very confidence endearing, <laughs> but engendering, um, and then they have a bunch of pilots say, we're not, we're not going to work. It just, 
threw everything for a loop. So what's the lie in there? Well, the lie is that, you know, it was weather. Well, it, was, it wasn't weather that shut it down. They were saying, well, it was terrible weather down in Florida. It was, it's been beautiful weather. It wasn't anything to do with weather. But I think the lie there is that they don't want you, the public, to know that there's a big group of people in this country that A, have not gotten the vax, and B, will not get the vax. I think that if, if they let folks know that there's a lot of Americans that are just unwilling, they're trying to make it sound like a minority. It's a small group of people racking it for the rest of us. And I think that is not necessarily true. I think they're lying to us about the widespread uh, resistance to the vaccine. They've tried to come out dictatorially and twist everybody's arm and coerce us into getting these vaccines. And some of us, some of you have gotten them and others of us have said, hell no. I think the hell no is a, is a bigger group than they want to let on. And so rather than admit that 2000 flights got shut down because pilots said, we're not doing it. We'd rather give up everything than to get this shot because it's their body and they should get to choose uh, they're just saying, well, it was bad weather and it just, you know, caused a problem. And these are just a couple, like, you're, you're probably thinking, like, that's not a big deal, Mike. Like, these are small lies that you kind of have to, they're PR lies. You know, Biden's talk and the pilots. But when you're telling me that a five-year-old knows that even though he's a little boy, he want, he is supposed to be a little girl. He wants to be a little bo a girl. And that that he and his mother and his doctor are convinced that the best route is is to destroy his ability to procreate in the future, to sterilize him through using hormone blockers, to start dressing him as a girl, to to call him by a girl's name. When you tell me that that's science, that that's the best way forward for people in our culture that are having issues, and I, I'd be surprised that a five-year-old, I don't remember five-year-olds struggling with their sexuality. In fact, I never remember a five-year-old being aware of their sexuality. It just wasn't a thing. When you tell me that this is the new normal, you're telling me that we're living some sort of lie. Something is not true in all of this. And I think most of us, I, I'm not going to go and make this long list. I think most, most of us know in our heart of hearts, we know this intuitively, we kind of sense it, that, that, that we're just being bombarded with untruths all the time, with lies. Now, the problem is, unless you kind of are hungry for the truth, you learn to just put up with this stuff. And often you participate. It's like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get along to go along. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to play the game you know, nod, nod, smile and nod so that I can go live my own life. But if you are someone that cares about the future of society, if you care about the future of mankind, if you care about the quality of life and your freedom to live your humanity in the way it was intended to be lived, to free people from misery, from bondage, from darkness, then you have to be anchored in the truth. And I would encourage you, I would exhort you, if you don't know what the truth is, you have to seek. Scripture says, God says, if you seek, you shall find. If you're hungry for the truth, you're not ready to say, hey, I believe that Christianity is the truth, just start seeking. You've got to find the truth. You've got to find the truth in this world. And, and I would argue it's very hard to do isolated. 
it's hard to do isolated when you're isolated. You really, we need each other. We're, we're social beings, social creatures. This is why we build societies and cultures and nations and families. I would encourage you to seek out the truth. If you're not ready to go on some deep theological, philosophical journey, at least step away from the manufactured world, the one that you are immersed in, the one that is all engrossing, the one that we all get addicted to. Put the social media away for a little while. Put the devices down for a little while. Put on your shoes, throw your sneakers on and go for a walk. Say hi to your neighbor. Breathe some fresh air. Listen to the birds. Start just, just as a start. Just start doing something like that on a more regular basis. I'm telling you. This sounds like your mother just saying, you need to drink more water and get more sleep. But it's funny how these very basic things make such a difference. We love to talk about human beings as kind of machines. I think we're just inured with this mechanical worldview, this kind of left brain, everything's a system worldview. So I'm going to kind of humor that and just say, look, think about a vehicle, your car. It doesn't take much for the engine to get out of balance. If you're running on low gas and you haven't changed your oil in a long time, I can guarantee you, you're going to have real problems, real problems, catastrophic problems. Usually with a car, the catastrophic problems aren't like these big complex things. A lot of people spending money on therapy and so on. And that's legit. Like if you need the help, get help. I, I'm not anti getting help, but sometimes I, I'm really mean this. Like people are not sleeping enough. They're bringing their devices into bed and they're just getting that blue screen glow, the electron glow for hours. Now it's like one in the morning, they put their phone or their computer, laptop, iPad down. They can't sleep. Their mind's buzzing. Next thing you know, they got to be up for school or work. They're sleep deprived. And during that deprivation period, they've been immersed in a manufactured world that is divorced, that is detached from reality and from truth. So if, if you're struggling right now and you're trying to figure out what is the truth, I would just encourage you the very first step, just start on the basics, focus on the basics, put the stupid devices down for a while, even if just for a period of time every day, I'm not saying like throw your phone out. I use mine, but spend some time device free, breathe some fresh air, talk to human beings. That's a start. Maybe eat a little fresh food, you know, a little bit of physical activity. Doesn't have to be a workout. Take a stroll. Are you overweight? You got bad knees, whatever. Don't go far. Just get outside. Talk to a neighbor. Walk for a few feet. Just start being human. Get yourself out of the artificial world for a short period of time. Now, do me one favor, make sure you keep some artifice around you. Like you should wear clothing when you walk out in public. I'm all for that, as are the local uh, authorities, I'm sure. I'd hate for them to throw you in the jail, the clink, because Uncle Mike said, eschew all artificial and go au natural. I did not say that. <laughs> let, let the record bear. But just start. I mean, it, it's stunning to me. I mean, you know, I get it, like, but... It's stunning to me how many people, just professional people, you know, people of all stripes are living almost in the matrix. You're almost jacked in all the time. And you will be surprised at how human you will feel 
with just 15, 20 minutes of fresh air, strolling about, taking in the sights, the smells, and the sounds. That's a starting place. But the key, what you're looking for in all of this is the truth. And a place to start is to get yourself reconnected to the physical reality of the world that you were born into and that you operate in. And that's a starting place. And ideally, you will find metaphysical, uh, philosophical, theological, necessary truth. And that truth, my friends, when you find it, will set you free. Guys, you know this, but I'm going to tell you anyways. I love you all. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you found it helpful, make sure to get in touch and let me know. Let's connect. If you hated every single word of it, but you got this far, get in touch and let me know. Mike, you're the worst. Take the time to tell me how much you hate me, but get in touch with me. You can go to my website, mikegaston.com, M-I-K-E-G-A-S-T-I-N.com. There's a contact form there. There is also a sign up for my newsletter. Would love it if you signed up for the newsletter, but get in touch with me. I love having conversations with my audience. I want you to thrive. I want you to survive and I want you to be fulfilled. And so I hope that uh, you found this helpful. Get in touch. In the meantime, have a great week and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. 